Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. The custom of bumping glasses with a cheers greeting came from Old Rome. When in Rome, cheers. Satisfy Auntie Alice's sweet tooth with a pairing of port and bourbon pecan pie. And just maybe, you won't get another ugly sweater this year. For me, nothing beats recommending a great wine. And with such an extensive selection, I can now find a perfect wine in your budget. As you check off that gift list this holiday season, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine and More. Cheers. Welcome. In a moment... Someone who will take you on a mystery's journey from all over the world. From all over the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Welcome to episode 56. We have a hell of a show today. Let me tell you, we got ourselves a firecracker coming up. She is the admin with the Kinfolk Truth Crew Ratbusters. And boy, does this gal know her stuff. So without any further ado, let's join Jesse with the Kinfolk Ratbusters. We have a special guest. We have Jesse, who is one of the admins for the Kinfolk Truth Crew Ratbusters. And they got a hell of a breaking news story for us here at Motorcycle Madhouse. And they are the first ones to break this news. How you doing, Jesse? I'm good. How are you? Ah, doing great. Doing great. Freezing my ass off, but doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we actually, the last couple uh, weeks over at uh, Insane Throttle and Motorcycle Madhouse have been uh, raising the awareness about the Kinfolk Motorcycle Club. And we've been using uh, some material from, actually, your site. Uh, can you first tell me uh, how you became a, an admin on the site? Well, I was kind of, I was following the site just for fun. Um, I had previously been in the MC community. I was in a club and affiliated. And I stepped away because I needed to take care of some personal business. And I kind of just kept around, looked on stuff just to see what was going on, really just for entertainment purposes. And I was familiar with the coming up of kinfolk. I, I'd heard stories from when I was still affiliated with the community. And I had known of people that had transitioned over to that club. And mm-hmm. it was it was interesting because of the story supposedly behind it. And the more I kind of just followed the page, because at first it was it, it was like a running joke was really the intent of the page was more like tongue in cheek humor. And then stuff was coming out that, Hey, you know, these, these guys are representing themselves as a particular portion of the community, specifically as a 1% club. 
but they're not acting with the type of protocol and decorum that those guys are customarily carry themselves with. So it became a point that they were like an, almost an eyesore. And the more I kept reading and watching and seeing that things were starting to happen where there was law enforcement involved in the club and suspicious things would happen where, you know, hey, there'd be an altercation maybe, you know, between two clubs and then all of a sudden, well, these guys are, you know, the, the opposing party to Ken Boat would be hung up on something. And it just, it didn't sound like what business that would be handled in the community. You don't go out and call the cops on somebody because somebody hurt your feelings and made you butt hurt. I'm butthurt. I'm going to call the police. Really? This is not like time. So um, (laughs) I just started going on and then I I chatted with one of the other admins. I kind of messaged them privately because I'd have a joke or about something or a point of view and or just I would be shocked at like, wow, you just disclosed that this person was a law enforcement officer and they don't hide it and they disclose it on their social media, but yet they also disclose that, hey, I'm a, I'm a full patch holder of kinfolk. And I made a couple jokes and they're like, hey, you should go out there and post it. And I said, you think it's funny? Cause I don't know. I don't know if I'm funny or not. And kind of went from there and I would make a couple comments here and there, pitching in and I had a conversation with, um, with one of the other admins or just BSing one day and, uh-huh. I didn't even think about pursuing it. It wasn't like I was like, hey, I'll, I'll be an ad, you know, I want to be an admin for the page. I was just like, you know, just here for the ride. And they said, hey, do you want to be an admin? I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, do you think I'm qualified? I mean, not that, but I've been out of the community. I, I'm, I'm not a guy. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. I'm, I'm not. But, you are, so but a, you are reporting news now. And what, and that's another question I had is mm-hmm. you talked about it being comedy at first. When did you guys make the switch to going editorials and reporting uh, what's going on with this club? Because what you're well, doing is real important out there exposing these people. Well, I, I, I wasn't involved in that direct transition, but I think especially when some of the uh, – the criminal, like, you'd hear these criminal instances coming up, and by that I refer to, like, police getting involved and people actually being arrested in altercations. I'm just, one of the other admins would probably be able to give a better date than I, but I, I want to say, you know, it was um, probably, you know, as the club progressed, maybe about six months in, I, I wasn't following it closely the entire time, but mm-hmm. it kind of just, as I so basically, what happened was it was a parody site at first, and you know, it came into what we call a biker true site. Yeah, and, and when the true sites put out there what some clubs are doing to the community, and actually they expose a lot of people, like you said, that have uh, cops in their clubs, and they have a lot of these pedophiles and these sex offenders, which I can't believe are in there, but. Uh, I just can't believe how the new age of clubs are nowadays. I'm not used to that. I mean, when I agree, when when how I kind of learned of the protocol and stuff. If you were a club coming up that you were wanted to have a a, a serious footprint and that you wanted to be taken seriously, and this wasn't this was not a hobby to you, and you wanted to hang around certain other clubs or things, it was explained to you and expected. Say, hey. We're not going to tell you what to do. We're not, but this is what how we conduct business in terms of socialization. Who we let around. Club I was previously affiliated in 
we did not allow law enforcement at all. None. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter, you know, good, bad, and just or so anything. our audience knows, you were actually with an all-female club that had the dominant thing. You actually went through protocols, so you do know what's uh, going on out there. Yeah, we were we were um, sanctioned, and we affiliated, we associated with the dominant in our area. Uh, we went to multiple events, all sorts, and we went to uh, events in the general motorcycle community as well. We were active in the COC. Um, but we did. We had the blessing of the dominant and went through um, the protocol from the ground up and had people mentor us that had been established in the community, clubs that had been there, you know, 10-plus years um, and been around, knew the protocol, knew the protocol of the dominant. And the dominant also, as well, gave us a lot of uh, mentorship and insight in terms of this is how you act. This is how you don't act. You don't you don't go into a place and you know cause trouble. You you mind your own business type of thing. Mm-hmm. So so how to interact. Fe- well, that is very interesting. Not to interrupt you, but yeah. as a female club that actually went through the protocol and got everything you know the way that is actually tradition in the motorcycle scene. How do you, as a woman, look at some of these pop up clubs that have guys in them that? just popped up and didn't want to follow the protocol. Personally, I think it's because I think they're cowards, but that's just the way I look at it. But what is your viewpoint going through all the protocol or how they're handling it? In terms of, like, how the the, the bigger club, the dominant, handles it? No, as far as these, just, pop-up, these pop-up oh. clubs being cowards and not wanting to follow protocol. They're, but here you are, a woman's club that followed the protocol. I For me, I, I find it extremely disrespectful. It's disrespectful, and I think in a way it, it's a danger to the community, the MC community, and this is why. They end up doing things that they don't realize puts a bad light on not just them, but, hey, you wear a patch. The average civilian person that doesn't uh, affiliate or is around the MC community or know anyone in it is then going to assume that, well, if that guy acts that way or that girl acts that way, Anybody that wears a patch, whether it be one piece, two piece, three piece, if it be a one percenter, family club, motorcycle ministry, and I absolutely can't stand it because some of, some people are out of ignorance and they don't know when they start these clubs. And, and if they can be kind of intercepted and given guidance and they take it, great. I can't personally stand these clubs that come up and then they're, you know, throwing their vests on and, well, this is what we're going to do. It's like, wait a minute, there's been a lot of hard work to build rapport in the community and rapport amongst other clubs. There's a lot of history that MCs starting had to go through that today is it's, it's much smoother of a process. Back in the day, and I, I wasn't around, I was, I'm not old enough, but did you really even hear of a women's club, a women's MC? No, the mm-hmm. culture has evolved, but they're still, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, there needs to be respect for the traditions and the protocols, which everything has grown from the ground up. Oh, and that's I completely where... agree with you on that, especially the assessment. And a lot of people don't understand this, is the protocol ain't there for the dominance to be dick. The protocol is there. So what you're talking about, one club don't go out there and make everybody else look like fools. That's what protocol was all about in the first place. And now those who don't 
follow this protocol as you see out on the streets from, say, like Kinfolk and some other clubs that just popped up. They're causing a lot of problems out there with citizens because citizens can't tell the difference between, and I'm talking about citizens meaning, you know, regular everyday people yeah. can't tell one club from, say, the Outlaws or the Hells Angels or the Pagans. They can't tell the difference. So there is a big reason for the protocol, like you were saying, and I'm really happy that you brought that up. And and you know what in hand with that was learning the protocol? I enjoy I'm a little bit of a history buff. I learned the history behind, you know, the reason why certain things are done, why certain patches might be the way they are, where they originated from. Not trying to get in the club business, but it's just the it to me that's interesting. And and I think in just like in the military or any established organization, if you understand the history and the protocol of why something is done, you mm-hmm. can relate to it, and there's more of a respect for it, and, again, respecting the organization. I feel like these guys that do these pop-up clubs, you don't take the time to learn and understand what you're doing. You're disrespecting your organization. These, For example, I'll just use it because they're on our site, Kinfolk. How many times has there been photos posted of them looking like absolute idiots, just idiots in your cut. I mean, right. I'm all about Man having monkey. fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, sure, let me be an asset. I'm all about having fun privately. You want to have pictures you share with, with your club's history and your album. I'm, I'm good with that. Don't put it on social media where, like, a citizen could stumble on it, especially when you don't lock down your webpage, which – by the way, it's not like we're doing secret squirrel computer expert. No, a lot of this information is on public social media, which means me or you or John Smith can go and Google. And if you just are savvy with how to, you know, use some search terms, this is where we find it. We're not going into any secret squirrel and being like, oh, look what we found. So. Mm. And that's, you know what, you can always tell what pop-up clubs compared to the real clubs out there, because the real clubs, they don't even show their patches. <laughs> you know, a lot of them have a lot of it blacked out where you can't see yeah. anything. But these guys are right up on there and showing up their asses, and they wonder, well, why why'd we end up on the true sites? Well, because it's you assholes that are posting it yourself, <laughs> and you're making yourself look bad. It's not the true site's fault. It's your guys' fault. And one of the big ones out there, IOTC, or Iron Order Truth Group, because that's the one I really like following, is mm-hmm. they do a lot of research behind what's going on, like the story you're about to break. You know, I don't think I've uh, seen it anywhere else but you guys, and you guys are the ones who uh, broke the story. Uh, before we get into it, what's the story that you're going to break here on Motorcycle Madhouse? Well, the story we're going to break here is we got some information that came in regarding Aaron Delane Delon, I might have mispronounced his name. And um, for those that might not be familiar, he was the member of Kinfolk. He was affiliated as a probate member who shot at a vehicle with a family in it, four civilians. There were two adults, a mother, a father, and two 10-year-olds in the SUV. And um, we received more information that since he's been booked and since he's been in and he's had communication with the outside world, which let me just stop and caveat this for a minute. This is all information that a general member of the public can find through let me review it real quick. The Polk County Clerk of the State of Florida, this is all public mm-hmm. information. And basically the fact that 
while he's been in jail and communicating with the outside world with another person, uh, an individual who is affiliated with kinfolk, uh, they talked openly about the incident, what had occurred, the shooting. And it was recorded, and that information has been used against him now and elevated the charges because it's starting to the, – the prosecution is making it more of a RICO case. And also, he's represented by an attorney who is affiliated with kid folk. We have had photos of him. He is a kin folk patch holder in the club. <laughs> so conflict of interest – and. We're still uh, working out some more details and what I've been reviewing the court documents. And he is affiliated. We have pictures of him. And for a club that when they're asked, and, and I know y'all have done some uh, investigative research on them as well, mm-hmm. hey, do you guys take cops or anybody affiliated with law enforcement? This guy's been affiliated with law enforcement, and I'm not just saying that as a as because he's a lawyer, but it's, right. it's a sketchy situation, and now he's representing a client in his club that's a patch holder, and could that possibly seem the conflict of interest? I mean, not a lawyer, but right. And now, and this guy you're talking about shot into the SUV with the two kids in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was Aaron, Aaron. Yeah, I've been yeah, I've been going back and forth with these uh, ass monkeys for the last two weeks, and they try to uh, claim that the SUV was trying to run into the pack, blah blah blah. You know, setting up the defense. But uh, it come down to it, the guy got uh, pistol happy and uh, started shooting into the SUV, and there happened to be two babies in there. Yeah, and luckily, um, from what I've read, no, um, me and none of the family members were injured. Uh, thank goodness the kids weren't injured. And uh, they stopped him, pulled him over. He did. He consented to a search. And the vehicle was in the car. The shell casing was in the car. He actually has video of the shooting recorded on his phone and on an SD card. And there's actually court documents in place to subpoena that information um, to present at trial. So the so, idiot recorded it? <laughs> okay. He recorded it. Okay, so he recorded it on the phone. All right, so we go that far. And then later on, fast forward to he's in custody, he's in jail, and he's on the phone with uh, another kinfolk member who is a relative of his. I believe it was a cousin. I might be a little bit off in that. Uh, David Nolan, his name is also on all these documentations. He's known as Rebel Dave. Mm-hmm. Rebel Dave has had conversations with our site where he has been uh, confronted because it called him out. Hey, man, you are a cop. And he admits it. And he goes, yeah, I was, like, 10 years ago. He's okay. Fucking uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, once a cop, always a cop. And how I was taught protocol is you don't join a 1% club. Right. It, by yeah, protocol, by, by the history. You know, generally they hear that and it's, sorry, man, you're not, you're not eligible to be a member. Hit the road. Go join a cop. Right. Um, but during that conversation between Aaron and David, he Aaron was praised for 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 standing up for the club and, and doing the right thing and he was it's actually recorded and this conversation and it basically says uh not the wording but says uh recorded and the incident and the defendant was praised for his actions. So basically, they set themselves up for a predicate on a RICO case. Exactly. And that's what, from reviewing the court documentation, it has gotten to where it, all of his charges, 
appear to me, and I'm a layman, is uh, a, an elevation to it. Mm. It's got a gang. Uh, yeah, basically what yeah. they're doing is a predicate to Rico. Yes. And so now, you know, he, and he's, he has four counts in the state of Florida of attempted second-degree murder and one count of shooting into an occupied vehicle. These all look like they're predicate with a gang enhancement. And each count of the second-degree murder alone is a 20-year mandatory minimum if convicted. Mm. So you're basically so, you have to wonder who he's going to be riding out uh, about right now. Yeah. Because, you know, guys like this, especially if they're on the phone talking, anybody who's been in this kind of game, any time those those phone calls are recorded, you don't start making statements like that. So when uh, it starts setting in that these charges are for real and uh, his club, pro- well, his club's already started breaking up in two parts. So when that happens, it's yeah. only, you know, a couple of uh, months before they go to the wayside any damn way. So he's going to be sitting in jail probably the next 50 years why he did it for a club that don't exist. For, that don't exist over something stupid. It, mm-hmm. Not that there's real justification for any significant act of violence, but that was so stupid. It was a, right. it was road rage. You had road rage and you shot at a car. Now your life has changed. Your family's impacted. I mean, sitting there, reflect on that. One mm-hmm. bad decision and you're up a creek without a paddle. Right, right. Now, is it my understanding that uh, his cousin or something that uh, he talked to on the phone was a part of the rebel MC? No, no. He um, he is a kinfolk member. Oh, okay. So the, 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 the member he spoke with on the phone, David Nolan, who's also listed, listed on Aaron's booking sheet as the next of kin, mm-hmm. he goes by his, his road name, if you will, is Rebel Dave. And he's the ex-cop. He is the ex-cop, yes. He admitted um, in a discussion. Uh, I'm sure right now, then, if he's the ex and this is the reason why you don't get involved with cops, is I guarantee right now he's working out some kind of deal with his uh, sources he had as a cop. Exactly. I mean, it's. I'm trying to see if I can uh, review it. I had it, because we highlighted the, the conversation. We, we Snapchat, we snapped the conversation. And I admit because mm. he got called out on it. We're like, hey, man. Uh, let me see. This one should be right here. Yeah. Uh, there was a discussion going on, and uh, another another gentleman that knew him from another club club says, "Yeah, he says he was a cop in, up until 2017." No. That's what another member, uh, uh, commenter on our webpage mentioned. And later on, when there's a conversation, and this is all on our our Facebook page. And for the fact that, who knows, maybe somebody will shut us down because they'll be butthurt. So they'll want to file a hurt feelings report and be like, Facebook, shut down the page because my butt is hurt. But, well, yeah, that actually happened to IOTC. They had, eight, uh, yeah. I think it was 8,000 followers, and they got hit again. You know, yeah. if these people don't want to be on the true sites, maybe they should stop posting dumb shit. <laughs> exactly. And, and actually... How I kind of, going back, how I kind of found out about the, the Kinfolk True True Ratbusters was I originally followed IOTC and was wow. finding out a lot of stuff about, you know, hey, look at these people acting stupid in these clubs. And it's kind of like a warning. Hey, avoid these guys. They'll pick a fight with you and then call the cops. So right. that's how I kind of transitioned to the Kinfolk page. And there's actually a, a discussion on our page where uh, one of our admins asks Rebel Dave, so 
you weren't ever a cop? Is that what you're saying? Rebel Dave's response, I was over 10 years ago. So? <laughs> and the kinfolk welcomed them with open arms. Yep. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know what to respond to that. I mean, in terms of, hey, kudos for admitting it. At least have the, you know, intestinal mm-hmm. fortitude to go, yeah, I was a cop, but men can go pick you. And, and, and they're, they're trying to promote themselves to be, we're a 1% club and, you know, the whole fuck around and find out and this whole persona. You know what? If you want to be a club and you all want to do your own thing, whatever, fine. Just in my opinion, this is just my opinion, take the 1% patch off because you're not representing that community. You don't have the, you shouldn't have the privilege to represent that community because all the men that came before you that fought and died for their patch and are in jail for their patch, you're insulting them, in my it opinion. Was. Yeah, you know what? I completely agree with you. You know, if you want to do these pop-up clubs and shit like that, you don't need to put on a 1% patch because, one, you can't back it up, and, two, you're letting pedophiles and cops in your club, so you're not a one percenter. And be real with yourself is basically what I always tell people. You know, actually, I always tell people if you want to join something, join a riding club because most people don't understand the commitment that comes with a motorcycle club, and it's a street game. Uh, game. If you don't know how to play the game, then you shouldn't be in the fucking shit in the first place, so go to a riding club. So if you're going to start these pop-up clubs, you don't need to be putting out a diamond. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's, it's just embarrassing yourself. And also, I think, when you commit to an, an MC and you're committing to that lifestyle as not being a hobby... You're accepting that you're going to take responsibility for whatever decisions you make regarding that, good, bad, or indifferent. And what that mm-hmm. means to me is you don't turn around and then go, well, man, you know, I got myself in a bind. How can I get out of it? Well, you know what? If I if I just tell them a little bit about this over here with our club, you know, oh, I won't get in as much trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and you call that, that fellow patch holder brother or, you know, my case, okay, I call him sister. You want to call them a, a fellow patch holder, but yet you just stab them in the back. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know what? You really yeah. have it together, and I, you know what? I think the Kin Folk Truth Crew Rap Buster page is just going to get phenomenal from here on out because you guys seem like you got good heads, and I like the editorial. Uh, type of uh, stance you guys are now taking. You went from uh, parody to that. And like I said, now that you've caught the attention of Insane Throttle, you'll probably catch the attention of some other uh, news type of sites. And this is something that you guys actually broke. And you guys should be proud of yourself on this one because we weren't even into that uh, section yet, and you guys just lit it up. Well, thank you very much. And, and I'm humbled to be representing the page. You know, the guys asked me, hey, would you would you feel comfortable doing this? And I'm like, hey, do you think I'm I'm qualified? And by qualified, I mean I've just come on board. There's been a, there's been people working this and working hard, you know. And I didn't want to. I want to make sure I don't misrepresent them and I speak intelligently on the issue. And even though I'm not actively in the community anymore in the club community, it's something I have a passion for. And I actually have warned friends of mine that I'm still in connection with about some of these people that 
on your belt because it's for safety purposes. And so they don't get wound, you know, hung up by them. Hey, you know, you might want to watch out. This person's being a an idiot and, you know, they mm-hmm. might want to try to come over to your club sometime. But it's, it's definitely – and we had even discussed and, and had the discussion about, well, what if, you know, what if Kim felt completely closed and went away? What would happen to the page? We've discussed close the page. I mean, it's like closing the book. If they go away, our purpose, we're not going to sit here and, and, and beat a dead horse. Right. If their club goes away, then there's no purpose for us in terms of we've done well, the actually, service. I, that, I, I you know? have to disagree, man. I think you guys are doing great on the editorial work. You know, that's something the biker scene needs, and you know, yeah. they go away, which we all hope. So, <laughs> but uh, you guys should keep on going forward because you're doing some damn good reporting, and you know, you represent them. Uh, you are you're real knowledgeable on the subject and all that kind of good shit. So I encourage you guys to keep on going, and you know, make a run at a biker news type of site. Yeah, thank you. We appre- I appreciate it, and I'm, I know my fellow admins appreciate it. Like I said, these guys have put a lot of hard work into it, and you know, I've, I've made a lot of observations just in my experience. Again, it's you know my observations by what I'm saying. I don't I don't look at it as exact gospel, but I was taught a lot of protocol and educated about the MC community, and I came into this when when I came into the MC community, I was affiliated with a motorcycle association. So I had no real understanding grasp of, of protocol. I understood, you know, the basic basic things, introducing yourself and, and such, mm-hmm. but not in terms of the interactions and, and how to handle issues and have discussions. And that's the other thing is, you know, the clubs across the United States, regardless what dominant you're under anywhere location, have worked very hard to stop getting a stigmatism attached to them. And law enforcement is just trying to hold on. And unfortunately, there's been fuel added to the fire, especially when you have behaviors like kinfolk, where no matter what the clubs do, it's always fun to, oh, they're just doing that to get PR. They're just doing it to get, you know, good press. Take away the fact that there are so many times clubs donate time money to to issues, be supportive. And I think that's overlooked because what's a sexier narrative to talk about? Sons of Anarchy and, and Mayans and Gangland, that, that type of thing gets gets people's attention. But that's not what the community's about. That's not what clubs are about. And I think it's getting harder for clubs to get their side of the story out because let's be honest, when 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 I was in the club, I wanted to have like-minded people that I felt comfortable with. You know, I had my own issues, and I wanted to be around people that didn't judge me, that would listen. And, and that's what, in the community, we're not ones just to jump up and be like, oh, you know, you hurt my feelings and all that. So I think sometimes it, it's difficult when you have a club, and especially these pop-up clubs, that really don't grasp the the destruction they're doing, for lack of a better term, to right. the community. I couldn't say it better myself. You know what? You really got a head on your shoulders. And, you know, I'm actually going to have you on the show more because I really like your perspective of things. You, you did great on the interview. 
And the Kinfolk uh, Truth uh, Crew Rant Busters are really lucky to have you on representing them. I love that you broke the story here with us on Motorcycle Madhouse. And that just goes to show you, you're needed out there because Kinfolk MC making a fucking phone call from the jailhouse, man, and now you're looking at a RICO predicate. You're real smart, you dumbasses. But, uh, <laughs> I know. I just I couldn't believe it. As I was reviewing the documentation before we had our our interview, and I'm, I'm looking at court documents and probable cause and all of this, and I'm like, even common sense. You're involved. He, he didn't even invoke his rights when the incident occurred. He did a consent search. Now, okay, yeah, he's guilty. I guess you could say dead or right for lack of a better term. You know you got a right to an attorney. You don't have to consent even if you did do it. Well, most and, of the old-timers like myself know I'll only give them uh, your name and birthday and shut the hell up until an attorney gets there. But these new jacks nowadays ain't uh, that smart, and they wonder why they, you know, face all the time they do or turn red and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, and that's, the moral like of the that. story is shut the hell up. You only give them your name and your birthday, and that's it. <laughs> exactly, and I want to speak to my attorney. and. For for people looking to get into the MC community, I, I really think I I had the experience where I did um, help create a club from the ground up, and it is not easy. It is so much work, and I'm I'm not scared of work, but having the opportunity for people to join an established club that has a a respectable reputation. Not let, let's be honest, not everybody likes everybody. But a respectable reputation in terms of they they do things the right way. They, yeah, they you want something that has a street cred. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know what? I would encourage look into it. There's a reason there's hangaround periods and prospecting periods and probate periods. There's reason for it. It's so the club gets to know you and you get to know the club. But that's the other problem. When you got kinfolk MC and you had people patching over to kinfolk that had no MC experience. They came from like a riding club. If someone handed me an MC patch and I came directly from my association, I would not only be doing myself a disservice, I'd be doing anybody associated with me because I didn't know the rules and protocol. I didn't. And I'm glad that I went through the process. So, again, it's, it's when you – how do you teach somebody when you don't know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, now, with that, we'll end there. And like I said, uh, everybody, you guys head on over to the Kinfolk Truth Crew Rat Busters. And they're getting going again after being shut down a couple times already. And I know if you have any questions, uh, Jess, am I right, Jesse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesse will be there to answer and some of the other admins. And as you guys can tell, she has a head on her shoulders and she knows what she's talking about when it comes to the protocol and the club scene. Who She belonged to a club that actually went through her dominant the right way. And then you look at uh, these kind of guys like kinfolk that are just out there blazing in the wind, making everybody look stupid. But I really appreciate uh, you coming on, Jesse. And we'll, again, we'll have you on again. We'll discuss other sub- subjects. That would be awesome. You know, Hollywood, I really appreciate you reaching out and, and interviewing us. And I'm, I'm humbled to, to be able to be on the radio with you. And, and thank you so, so much. And please feel free. 
I'd love to do it again. <laughs> Rock and roll. Sounds good, Jess. With that, uh, we're going to head into the next segment, the Biker Hangout segment with Marcy and the Widow. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari. Hop on over and check out our new YouTube channel where you can hear Motorcycle Madhouse and watch the Biker Angle. You can look up the new channel by going to our website, HarleyLiberty.com, or Insane Throttle Biker News in the YouTube channel search bar. Don't forget to have that prospect hit the subscribe button and that bell in the upper right hand corner so you will always be up to date with the new channel content. Hey riders, this is little brother Trucker from Storm Kicker and you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to hear more of iTunes? Head on over to stormkicker.com and don't forget, ride on. Motorcycle Madhouse with James Hollywood Machikari. Yep, yep, good to yep. go. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. And now, scream with open fire on our up-and-coming band segment. Now, let's take this show to the next level with our up-and-coming band segment. Remember, you can listen and download all episodes for free on harleybikernews.com or available on all major podcasting platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and
Hey there, this is Hollywood from the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to keep up with all my projects? Then head on over to my Twitter account at Glow Hollywood. And don't forget to listen to Motorcycle Madhouse every Tuesday and Saturday on all iTunes, iHeartRadio, and all major podcasting platforms. Now everyone's favorite part of the show, James Hollywood Machikari interviews some movers and shakers throughout the biker scene. Pull off a chair, crack a beer, it's Motorcycle Madhouse's interview segment. And welcome back, and right now we have the Biker Hangout segment. We got the girls over at the Biker Hangout uh, corner here on this segment. It's going to be on a weekly deal, and these girls are something else, let me tell you. Today, we're going to talk about none other than Gloria Strzok. You know, Gloria Strzok is a 90-year-old great-grandmother, I actually think she's 92 now, who may be the oldest active female motorcycle enthusiast in the world. How you guys yes, doing? Hi, James. We're doing great there. Uh, how you, well, we got Kim on. We got Marcy on from uh, the Biker Hangout Corner. And I'm real excited about the new segment. I really uh, like having you got girls on. And it's a great conversation all around. And I think a lot of people are going to learn that the women in the motorcycle in uh, communities up and come, and it's no longer the dark ages where I'm from. <laughs> well, that, that is definitely true, James. I mean, if we look at our um, history with women in motor, especially with Gloria Strutt, and she was actually 93, James. Oh, she's 93, so I missed her by a year or two. You missed her still growing strong. I mean, she has made it so much easier for women to get out there and not be afraid to ride and to go cross country. I know she made it into the Sturgis Hall of Fame. Uh, what else? The um, Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Uh, she, she's, she's also a motor maid. Yeah, she's a motor maid. She's amazing. She's just an amazing woman. I will be glad that I live that long that I can be riding a freaking motorcycle. And I'll have Mark Martin sitting in next to me in a sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hardly do. I'll be on my own. You'll have to catch up. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, uh, Struck, uh, like, uh, I call her the widow. That's my widow. <laughs> she actually oh, just got a new, man. uh, she actually just got a new motorcycle. And, uh, but, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Struck was named the Sturgis Hall. Fame in 2011 and the AMA Hall of Fame in 2016. Yes, she was. Yes. And she joined Motor Maid 1947 at the age of 21. So yes. she's been riding since she was 16 years old. Born in the back room of her parents' motorcycle shop. Wow. That's something I didn't know. Yeah. She was. They had a room. Her, her mom and dad had a motorcycle shop, and they had a room in the back, and that's where she was born. And she said that's where the love of motorcycles started. I think she inhaled the 
the the fumes from the motorcycle when it all started, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I mean, I give her so much credit, but yeah, that's, that's amazing how she was born. I mean, and then it's been her life that has changed, you know, and she's traveled over, like, she travels, I think it was somewhere in Jersey, 17 miles to another place in Jersey, 1700 miles, and she just, she just goes and goes. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I think it's most respect for her. I really, truly do. She has annual trips down to Florida that she rides, and like, you know, like Dan said, she just bought a new, new bike, and she's planning on riding and making her annual trips still. I know, God bless her. I would how love that. How is you like, like uh, Gloria inspired uh, you ladies? She inspired me because she just showed me a woman can do anything she wants to do with a motorcycle and no damn man and God giving her to stop it, you know, and she said, she gave me that. She, she gave me a lot of encouragement, you know, and, but I've always been that way anyway where I could do what I want and if I can't do it, I'm going to die crying. But this woman, I just, I just love her. I mean, she showed me that a woman can really do anything. A woman can travel on a bike anywhere. She doesn't have to just drive 500 miles. She can go across the freaking world on a motorcycle. <laughs> well, according to Wikipedia, she has 650,000 miles under her belt right, uh, right now. Yes. She rode 11 Harley Davidson's and three Indian motorcycles. So that's more riding than a lot of men I know. <laughs> Mm. Well, that, that, oh, no. It's a lot of riding, and you know, and you get that, James, when you've been riding, what, 75 years or over? 75 years, yep. It's like, I can't imagine riding 75 years. I yeah, she, she actually joined the Motor Maids uh, in 1946 at age 21. 46, I, I was thinking it was 47, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was thinking it was 44 or 40 something I don't know it's okay for today <laughs> well, but, well to put it in perspective for the audience 1946 was a lot different period than it is now this is right right after World War II and women weren't looked upon in those days as they are now it was more of a stay at home you know put the you know, the nice yeah. freaking thing on the cook and stuff like that. And she yep. just plowed right through all that. Well, she and she did. And I give her credit. I mean, I, you know, me personally, it's like my my mom was a lot like her in a lot of ways. Uh, my mother would probably die. You know, and her, give her credit. But, yeah, my, uh, my mom was a lot like her. I mean, my mom wrote it. My mom always showed us girls how to be very independent, do everything, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what this woman is all about. She can show men, everybody in this world is that there's nothing that can't be done, you know, and she's doing it. I mean, she, she look at her, 93 years old, God Almighty. Well, she's <laughs> an inspiration, I think. She, not only women and girls, but I think men, too, can take something away from her her just her presence and what she's yeah. learned. 
it's not just about women. You know, granted, right. she has done a great deal for women. And right. being at a time where women, like you said, James, were not looked upon to be riding motorcycles. They weren't supposed to be doing that kind of thing. It, it kind of puts everything in perspective that all of us as human beings, we we have the ability to do anything we want to if we set our minds to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, as she was an inspiration to you gals, what would you turn around and tell your daughters? Well, I had my daughter actually read up on Gloria. Um, the night. Tonight, me and Marcy had talked about it. My daughter was so amazed. She's like, Mom! She's like, this woman, she goes, I cannot believe she's not 23 years old. She's so like, she's like, that is amazing. And my daughter said, she's like, Mom, I cannot wait to get my license. Because my daughter, she's getting her motorcycle license. I'm watching her. And she's like, who the hell am I to say no after what I'm trying to practice and preach what I want to, you know, do for us women and teenage girls also. And my daughter's going, I think, in two weeks. And uh, she's going to go get it. And. She's going to be riding right next to me because I am going to get her a bike. And, you know, I just, I want her to be her own person. And any teenage girl out there can do it. And I know it. And just like teenage boys, they can do it too. Well, they can. Both of mine ride. Both of my daughters ride. But then, you know, it, it kind of teaches them that, yeah, they can ride. But both of my daughters are also, you know, Going into a field, they're both going into the medical field being doctors. Oh, that's awesome. And back years ago, women didn't do that either. Mm -hmm. No, well, that's, that's like even with Lauren. It's like, she's going to be a um, special needs physical therapist. You know, it was always a man's world out there in the doctor and field. And that's just as close to being coming a doctor, what she's going to do. And it's always just like a man being a therapist. And my daughter is doing it. It's like five years of college. And, uh, you know, this is what we got to teach this generation, you know, the women here. Because I know for me, when I was first married, it was like everything you had to do for the man. And, you know, it's like you had to do what he wanted you to do. Excuse me, but F that. It's not happening in my home. You know, my daughter mm -hmm. is going to learn to do everything for her and make her own money. And then the best part of being married or having a relationship or having a child is that you guys are in it together. It's not about making the money or one person supporting the next person. Everybody has to have their own identity. And this is what I stress for my daughter. Wow, that, that's fascinating. What about you, Marcy? What about me? Like I said, <laughs> <laughs> what's your what's your viewpoint on uh, you know the modern America? And that's one thing I wanted to get with you girls with uh, because we do have a lot of ladies that listen to the show, and a lot of the talk has been about uh, what went on with uh, Kavanaugh, and you know there's all you know the two sides uh, barreling down on this, and a lot of even bikers are getting into this conversation. And I'd like to get your thoughts on uh, what went down. Oh, you don't want me to talk about that one because, honestly, in my opinion, okay, and this is just my opinion, 
the Bret Hart fan was fighting in high school for this man. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. granted, you know, you might still have some feelings, but, uh, you know, we need to teach our daughters and our sons, uh, just children in general, you don't wait 30, 40 years, whatever, to bring something up. If it don't happen, you say it now, and you take care of issues now. And that's how I feel, Marcus. I don't believe, it, you know, it's fair to try to ruin a person after so many years when you didn't do anything in the first place. You know? Now, I can, well, it is wrong, but I can also understand the fact that some people suppress all this stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't come out until later. Right. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's wrong. Granted, if it does come out, if you suppress it, and it does come out, then the psychiatrist and the people working with you or whatever should fix it so you can get through that without causing more damage to someone else. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, I, I, I totally agree with you because that's one thing, again, bringing back to my daughter, but just real nice to explain things. I have always, always taught my daughter, you tell me. I don't give a damn how bad it is. I will always handle it. I don't want no lies, blah, blah, blah. And my daughter was approached by somebody in the store when I first moved here, for instance. And the guy approached her and her friend and offered them $50. And Mama there went after the man. And, you know, it's like, if my daughter didn't come ask tell me that she would have held it in, you know, it would have messed her up. My daughter's a sensitive kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's like you have to talk about something that happens. I understand you suppress things. I get that. We all do. Shit, I probably have so many things suppressed that if I freaking told this like I did, they'd have a heart attack. But the thing is, is that, you know, people, I don't know why they do what they do, but I just think, in my opinion, I think it's wrong what she's doing to this man. Yes, he was totally wrong for touching her, but she should have said something that, whether it's, you know, when it happened or five years down the road, I don't understand it for the life of me why she hated this man. Why she has a good career and she's going to get money off of him. I don't know. You know, Mm -hmm. no one knows what goes on in the person's mind. And that's just it. Half, and I hate to say this because I'm not one to say stuff like this because I don't like it. But half of, you know, the people are greedy. Right. It's all about that, that dollar bill. Yeah. And me personally, I can give a you know, what about the dollar bill. Like I said, I think it's important that we teach young people that you don't wait. You you do the adult thing. You handle stuff now. Mm-hmm. You don't wait. And that if you set your mind to it, like I said, I've always taught mine, if you set your mind to anything, you can do it. If yeah. you are honest and you are loyal, nothing you do is going to really hurt you, like, if, say, if you bring your child up to be loyal and to be, um, 
forthright in what they do and what they don't do. If someone catches them, you know they're not making up the story if they tell you. You know? So we have to distinguish between reality and fantasy and things like that. But it starts all at home. Everything starts at home. It sure does, and um, right. that's the sad part about it. You know, a lot of things start at home, but, you know, I'm still, like, baffled on this whole situation. I just, uh, I don't do politics because everybody has an opinion about politics, and mm. everybody gets heated over it, and, I mean, I'll do politics if I have to, if I feel it's important, but... Most of the time, it's like everybody's picking each other apart. Nobody's seeing the good in what anybody else is doing, and blah, 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 you know? And it just burns my ass. Every time I'm president, as I say right now, a lot of things have changed. I'm just doing shit. You're a president. You can't lie. I, you know what? I wouldn't have you if you got me around. I'd have all these babies. <laughs> now, James, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, yeah. Are you like the majority of men and men? Now, I can see a man's point of view. I mean, a lot of the men are saying, you know, it's bull. She should have never. But, and that's a nice way to put it. But men in general, I see, are not agreeing with the lady for bringing it out 30 years later. You know, and a lot of men, that, especially in small towns and stuff like that. A lot of them, hey, that's how we joked around back then, you know, this is what we did. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, and none of, none of the the way I, the way I look at it, Marcy, is I got to look at my, because I got two daughters and I got granddaughters. And anybody heard right. my daughters or my granddaughters were getting medieval treatment. But uh, <laughs> uh, the way I looked at it when I was watching it was because I watched the whole thing. And I believe something happened to her. I think something uh, is going wrong upstairs. But I do right. question if it was the judge that did it because this happened 30-something years ago. That I wasn't looking at because that could happen. But what I was right. looking at was when they were asking her simple questions of stuff that happened two months ago, she couldn't remember. And that's where, right. when, you know, guys start laying, well, wait a second, you can't remember two months ago, but you're trying to remember 34 years ago. But I do believe something happened to her. That's just my personal opinion. That, you know, she, she went through something that was traumatic. I am, I am totally not saying something didn't happen to her. Mm-hmm. I am just saying that there was a better way to handle it. And oh, yeah. Oh, if, yeah. if it was reporting it back when it happened, mm-hmm. now if she just, you know, say she had it suppressed and it's just now coming out and all that, mm-hmm. there's a better way to handle it than to making this public display and you know, ruining totally a man. It, you know, I agree with you, Marcy. I agree. Like I said, it, it's not that I'm saying nothing didn't happen. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. So, right. 
I, I can't say that, but I'm like you, James, you know, if I'm going to coach my daughter or, huh. you know, even my grandson, mm -hmm. they yep. better hope I don't find them. No, it's right. an evil time. I'm not mad. I can't, you know, one, uh, one thing worse than a rat to me is a, a molester or a pedophile. I can't stand them. I don't consider them human beings yeah. and any of that. <laughs> Well, you know, I'll tell you, man, and this is God's honest truth, because I don't lie anyway, so. But that day, I was being a lady, so I was on the air. But that day, my daughter got approached, and she'll tell you, I really didn't say too much to this man. I cold-cocked him right in the mouth. I got a scar on my go. knuckle. And I told, and then the guy, the manager came over, and he's like, what happened? I told him what happened. I was like, I want this bitch arrested. And he's like, listen, he goes, if we call the cops, you're going to go to jail for the simple fact that you're, that he's bleeding, and you have a cut on your knuckle. He goes, this man will never step foot back in this store. He goes, because if it was me, I would have killed him. And that's what he said to me. He goes, but you'll end up in jail for it. So, oh, I understood what he was saying, but right. I don't. Ask questions when it comes to my daughter. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm -hmm. my daughter tells me something, I know she ain't gonna make it up. I mean, I know when that kid tells stories, but I'm just saying, mm -hmm. it's like, I know also that, um, what happened that day happened, you know? And, mm -hmm. I, and I think the reason why I wanted to bring up this Kavanaugh thing is because since, because we were talking about Gloria, and where she right. started out in the 40s, and all the work women had to do to get to the point they are now, where right. you don't want that ruined, you know, and I'm not saying she, because personally I think it was a, a Democrat who did this, you know, and I think oh, yeah. it forced her into this, but uh, I think you so, don't yeah. want it to go into where all of a sudden, well, like they're talking about, everybody's guilty, and, guilty until proven innocent, where you got all these uh, mm -hmm. accusations put out there, but then the women that really had this stuff happen to them, you know, right. it, it, it don't legitimize anything for the women. So it, it's really heartbreaking to see what that's going on. Because we were talking about Gloria, and I think Gloria brought women to the forefront. Well, she did bring, she did bring them to the forefront in a lot of these, uh, a lot of areas. And if we can use Gloria... As an example on how women can live their, their lives and still advance and do what they want to do, mm -hmm. we've got we've got a great role model there. Well, know, especially you know what you take Gloria's uh, her tough uh, deal she had to live through, but she did it in the biker life, and that's the hardest I've seen. Uh, you know, for a woman to break through. Well, look at you girls right now. You're breaking through with Biker Hangout Corner, which we is considered a man stain, and you girls are just breaking loose right now. So that's a uh, thing for anybody to look at. Well, we're going to try, James. We're going to keep trying to, to push through. And, you know, we're there, like I said, for everyone. And it's more of for me, out of my aspect of it, it's more for helping people. You know, mm -hmm. helping the biker community and showing people that, like Gloria, you can do things if you set your mind to it. Like I said, I would love, I can't wait for the movie to come out on her life. I really can't. I can't either. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a good one. I, it, it's yeah. got to be. 
I sat and watched uh, the world's fastest Indian the other night three times. Three. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for her to come out just just so if it's anything like the book, it, it's going to be fabulous. It is. Right. It really is. It's going to be awesome. It really, really is. I, I can't wait for it to come out. So it's going to be awesome. Well, towards the segment ending, uh, I know we talked about glory a little bit. Do you have any fundraisers out there we want to talk about? Oh, honey, we do. We have a list. And I told Let's get it going. I, I told these guys I'd do it for them, okay? So, Let's hit it. And everything we have is on the event page of our group, too. Okay. So that's you the biker hangout corner. Biker hangout yes. corner, the event page. Um, uh, now, the first one I told people I talked about is the Hog Fest out in Tucson at the Tucson Holiday Dealer. It's mm-hmm. tomorrow from 8 to 4. They want people to come out there and have some fun. Now, now we also have Babies Born Addicted Poker Run out of Arnold, Missouri. That is tomorrow. Uh, the information, like I said, is on the event tab. Mm-hmm. Um, the big one we want to talk about, or at least I do, besides the ride, <laughs> the ride for Rodriguez out of Independence, Missouri at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. tomorrow. It's okay. at the Superstar Cycle Center. This is for uh, Jordan Rodriguez's family, the young man passed away of cancer, oh, and they're trying, they're trying to earn some money to help the family pay some of these bills off with what was associated, and that's a good one that people should go out and enjoy if they're anywhere near Independence, Missouri. And one more for me, and I know Tim has another one, October 21st. We have what is called Vigus Tote, and that is in Independence, Missouri, at Independence Center out of parking lot. Now, you're going to have the, the A-8 West Central chapter. You're going to have Vigus Advocate Group there. You'll have Gore Charities, which is Get On and Ride Charities, and the KC Night Shift Group. They're all going to be there at the Independence Center parking lot. And they're going to have some treats for all the kids. So they want a lot of people there. That's a lot of groups involved. And that's another thing we need to look at in the future, involving more groups together. Mm-hmm. Not, not just the independent groups. We need to all work together, in my opinion. Exactly. Exactly. And it'll make things go a lot further. Now, I know Kim has a couple of events she wants to do real quick, so I'll let her do them. Okay, I got Tired of Youth Awareness Rights, um, registration, um, let me see. 10 a.m. starts at, at 10 a.m. Um, it ends up at 11 a.m. and it will be at Extreme Wings and Things. In Winston Salem, it's three forty four one Maya Lee Drive, and they're having that for Carla Beach Awareness. And then, a sad story. Her name is Marissa Rima. She is in Baptist Hospital now in Winston Salem, 
if I got the story right, I heard a boyfriend, I don't know, something happened, and he ran her over with a car, she's only 18, and he, basically, she, with God's help, so hopefully she'll recover from this, but it's going to be a real long recovery, because there's a lot of things going on with her, um, and she's so unresponsive, but she is, her brain is healing, so they're having a register, um, I'm sorry, they're having an event for her on the 27th of October, and it will be, it will start at Extreme Wing, and it will end there, and it's $20 single, 25 double rider, and um, they'll be doing a, re- a fundraiser for her also. Now, let's hope she heals. Oh, God. Hey, Nancy, thank you. I'll fill you in more on that, James, privately, but, okay. yeah. Okay. Now, like I said, James, if all your listeners, you know, they want to get into Bike and Hangout Corner, just send us a request and things like that. We're trying to definitely get it back, very tobacco-oriented. And all these events that we discuss right now, they're in the event tab, plus I put them on the main line the main feed in our group. So right. There's always, there's always stuff going on. And any time a brother or sister needs something, all they have to do is contact me or Kim and we'll figure out something. Exactly. Oh, right. And, right, I mean, if, any, if anybody, like, if anybody needs help, um, you know, if there's women out there that are being abused or even men that are being abused, Contact one of us, leave them someplace, we could, you know, I'm very much on abuse, so up of awareness, um, special needs, I'm really towards the vet also, and, um, children with cancer, just like when I sell those shirts, when I do decide I'm doing them, I'm getting half the proceeds from Martin, she could put it in her grandson's foundation, I mean, mm-hmm. these are things that I am gonna do, it's not talking shit, but, the shirts I definitely want to try to do because, um, like I said, I, I'm, I have gotten so much in my life from people when I needed help when my fiance passed away. This move coming to North Carolina, I was in a hole. I was on my ass, and I've never met so many good people, strangers, where I wasn't around my whole life, and I didn't get a fucking help from nobody. I come here. My engine blew in my Jeep. Some guy gave me a truck. He just gave me a truck. Beautiful truck. I mean, there's just so many things I want to give back because they were given to me. And whether it's a child, an adult, a 89-year-old man, I don't care. I want to do something. I want to make a difference. Right. And now, John, too, real quick, I know, I know we only have a little bit of segment here. But like I said, anybody that needs help, if you if you're out on the road and your bike breaks down, you know, you got your cell phone. Call those people. Just put it on our page, you know. If you're a member of our group, put it on the page. Maybe we've got a brother or sister out in that area that can help you, please. You know, we got people everywhere. We got people drinking and riding on their bikes at all. Especially, like, North Carolina. There's been a lot of deaths. And a lot of cages out there. A cage that hit a guy the other day on the bike, you know. And the poor guy tried to, the poor guy tried to talk to me, you know, hit me up on my messenger. And then 
two days later, I interviewed for a new kid, you know, and it was by a woman that was strong. And, you know, whether it's a taser, a biker, all of I will always get a ride to somebody in my state. I don't care if they're in South Carolina. I know people all around, so I will help out if I can. And, you know, just that's another thing. we got to make more awareness of the people on the road, not just pages, but bikers, too. We all can say we know it all, and, you know, it's always the fucking cager, but you know what? It's everybody. I mean, yes, some cages are assholes, but also everybody has to be aware. Right. Well, <laughs> I really appreciate you girls coming on, and this is a new segment uh, sponsored by the Bikers Hangout Corner. Make sure you guys and gals go over there and join their group. Marcy and Tim run a really nice group. Uh, I really like it. And like I said, uh, they have the event ses- uh, section up there. They have uh, all kinds of uh, good uh, content that goes on on the, the channel. But uh, with that, mm-hmm. anything else? Last words that girls might have? No, that's all. And like I said, you ride so Keep us going, and we're out there to help everybody else keep going. Rock out, so much for having faith in me and Marcy. And real quick, like I always say, I started with 30 people, and I am so impressed on how great this group has become. I never even thought in a million years it would be where it is now. And, you know, Marcy is one of she is one of the truest, most loyalist friends I have ever had in God knows how many years. And uh, she has done a lot, trust me. And that's why I always say I made her part owner because she deserves it. She is a wonderful, wonderful woman. So you better oh, pay me $20 I for saying that, Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell with that. All right, girls. Well, uh, I'll see you guys on next uh, Saturday. Well, Friday's when we record, but next Saturday when we air the Biker Hangout Corner new segment on Motorcycle Madhouse. Well, thanks, Tom. Have a good one, Me too. Hi. This is James Hollywood Machikari, host of the Motorcycle Madhouse and Biker Angle. I want to tell you about Scott Rose, a.k.a. Neon. Neon is a follower of Insane Throttle, but most important, a friend and brother. Neon suffered a tragic automobile accident that caused neurological damage to the brain and spine, as well as other injuries that altered the course of his entire life. Though he has courageously fought off the damage to his body, mind, spirit for years, it has come to the point where he needs additional support. New and old symptoms have returned causing even more complications. Currently, he is in need of medical care that requires multiple studies from multiple doctors, facilities, and clinics around the United States. Unfortunately, many of the neurological scans, tests, and medications are not covered completely by his current insurance. I'm asking all followers of Insane Throttle, Motorcycle Madhouse, and Biker Angle to show Neon what being a biker is all about. Bikers are some of the most generous people on earth. 
and always help each other when one of us goes down or is in trouble. I'm asking our followers if they can help a fellow biker and family in need. Neon has a GoFundMe page and for those who feel it in their heart to help a fellow biker, I'm going to give you a free ebook of the number one bestseller on Amazon, the new age of biking and brotherhood in the motorcycle history category to show my appreciation and helping a fellow biker in need. With the contribution, Neon will be able to get the medical care that he needs in order to help provide for his family. Please visit Neon's GoFundMe page and help us reach the $10,000 goal. Thank you and God bless you, every one of you. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to go over to Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel and check me out over on Biker Angle. Also get your daily dose of biker news every morning at HarleyLiberty.com. If you haven't done so already, go like the new Motorcycle Madhouse Facebook page. And until next week, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. And remember, keep that throttle crack wide open. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Here's to a whole lot of celebrating. Crisp whites like a floral Sauvignon Blanc pairs perfectly with shrimp cocktail and other light appetizers. Now that's how you kick off a holiday meal. Don't stress about choosing the right wine for a meaningful gift. Consider me your wine concierge. As you check off that gift list this holiday season, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine & More. Cheers. What's in store this holiday at your local Staples? Gifts and packages shipped with care. So you can relax in knowing they'll soon be there. Now at Staples, you get 15% off UPS shipping services and 15% off all shipping supplies. Plus, Staples is open seven days a week. So you can ship around your schedule this holiday. And still get everything out in time while spending less. Staples, there's a whole lot in store this holiday. Exclusions apply. In-store only. See associate for details. Ends 12 29 18.